Welcome to the Rule for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. Last we left off, you were in Etrin's Folly, investigating the murder of Bort, and you managed to encounter bloodsuckers, bees, and bears, oh my. And now you also encountered a boar and killed the boar, and now the boar is dead. And now you've all come back to the feed mill, and you're all going to have a big old party and eat them boar, yum, yum, yum. So you came back to the feed mill, you guys, it's dinner time. Amora's there. Looks like a couple of people have come back. You got the bard back, and he looks like he's entertaining, sort of. And what you gonna do? I'm gonna check all my food for poison this time. That's for sure. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. Uh, yeah, I... Hmm. Maybe we should wait till other people eat the food first, or, or perhaps we could pre- help prepare it ourselves? Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvazalon, the human angelic sorcerer. Yeah, at least one of us should definitely be stationed in the kitchen. Just make sure nobody's messing with the food. Remember, Amora wanted you to be there, and she was also making the roast with her honey from the orchard, if you remember. That's right, honey roasted ham. We tasted the honey, so we know it's safe. Yes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna set myself up in the kitchen. Someone stay in the kitchen. Yeah, I'm just gonna set myself up in there and I'll stay in there. I'm gonna put my back against the wall at this table at the far end of the inn. And just keep an eye on everybody. Rob Tramarco is playing Kate Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. Watch the servers specifically. Any you know, people who are looking shifty besides me. Brixley, what are you doing? Um z- are there any new people here? Is it all people we've encountered, like, that we're familiar with? Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. So far, it's only people that you are familiar with, although I'm sure there'll be some new farmers and other members that you haven't seen before. It's still a little early, and people are still a little scared to come back here from what you know. But it looks like right now, let's see who's here. You have Mora, she's cooking. You have Delma, she's in the back tending bar. You have Trin, who came back here after you uh, slaughtered the pig. She, she was being chased by the pig, if you remember. You have uh, the mayor, Targan, who's sitting in the corner. And then you have this other guy who you believe is... Looks like he was a fighter of some sort, but he looks like he's uh, he's heavy into his drink in the corner. Oh, and the bard is singing as well. Flunk the bard. And we never did find the goblin, did we? You haven't found the goblin yet, but you did find the vial of poison, if you remember. Oh, and if you want to include Bort, he's here too in the basement dead. Well, you have to include Bort. Okay, well then, there you go. You got Bort too. I mean, it's not like he gets a portion. I think for the moment, I'll just pour myself an ale and kind of generally keep an eye on things. Sure. And then while you're hanging out some uh, 
additional farmers you've never met before just wander in to have some food and drink. They don't seem to be too concerned about the death. And then Flonk is um, attempting to sing. And Delma comes over to Celeste and says, uh, Oh, uh, oh, do you remember? Uh, uh, I said if you could uh, help out a little and uh, maybe uh, uh, lend your voice to uh, uh, the bar, maybe help out Flonk or accompany him or drown him out. Because, you know, uh, uh, we, need, uh, we need all the help we can get. And uh, remember, I was going to give you free room and board. If, uh, well, just to you, of course, if you, if, you, uh, if you entertained every night. Oh, well, absolutely. Let me go see what I can do to um, spice up the performance. Excellent, excellent. I much appreciate that. I'm just going to mean mug everyone who walks even close to the kitchen. Okay. Right now, no one is... Uh, Amora is just looking over you, and she sort of gives you a stink eye. And she's like, oh, just just, just make sure uh, you, 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 uh, you stand in my way because, you know, uh, uh, I need to come and go. Uh, and she's like quickly grabbing spices and, you know, quickly grabbing things off the shelves. And she's like cooking this monstrous boar, which is taking quite a bit. And she looks like you can smell it's like this really nice honey barbecue rub that she's putting on the boar. I'll just give her a good old uh, and just keep my back against the wall. Celeste does a performance of 20 and sings her heart out. Let's let's hear it, Celeste. You want to sing a few uh, few notes, a few songs for us? Should I sing Hotel California or what? What do we have rights for? Uh, nothing. You have to make up your own songs. Sea shanties. Theme from the show Manimal. Oh, wait, that, <laughs> wait, that doesn't have any words. <laughs> you got me on the spot here. Um... I was semi-kidding. Oh, whew, okay. I mean, I was going to sing, but all right. Well, next time. Next time. It's like when you play with GM who makes the bard actually sing during uh, gaming. Yeah, I do that too. Okay, not really. All right, I will be prepared for next episode. There we go. Come up with at least some limericks. How about that? Anyhow, you sing and you uh, manage to easily overpower Mr. Plonk. And uh, the food is continuously being cooked. And Sir Lauren Crutt, the man who looks like a disheveled knight, sort of looks at Cade, and he wanders over to Cade. All right. Well, good evening, sir. He looks at you, and he's got a look of worry and panic on his face. And obviously, he's just totally drunk out of his mind. And he looks at you and puts his hand on your shoulder, and he says, I put my hand on my boot knife. Just, you know casually not obvious he looks at you with his eyes wide wide and bloodshot and he's like tell more tell more my old friend you have to help me <laughs> I, I think his minions have followed us here i've seen them they're they're coming they're coming to get us i tell you you gotta you gotta be on the lookout they're gonna kill us Hey, hey, uh, is this guy an old person, young person? What are we, what are we dealing with here? Uh, it looks like he's in his uh, early 30s. and he looks He's like a drunk person. Yeah. He, he looks like hey, uh, a, hey. a knight that has disheveled clothing, um, but his weapons look really nice, actually. Like, scary okay. nice. Uh, hey, uh, Sir Beer, you can take your hand off my shoulder. I'm not your friend. And whoever's chasing you is probably chasing you from that cup you've been drinking from. He, he looks over to you again. He goes, Talmor, Talmor, they're coming. 
The Whispering Tyrant, they're not done with us. Done dead. You hear them? They're going to kill us all. Poor guy's got PTSD. You need to sleep this off, my friend. He's looking at you. Tell me more about who's Talmor. Talmor? It's you. You know, my best friend in the world. Oh, God. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Can you remember what it was like at last wall? Do you remember the hordes of undead and the horrible shriek of the tyrant? The tyrant! Oh. Uh, I can't say that I have, but I'm sure it wasn't pleasant. Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. You must be shaken up after the war. God, it was terrible. He looks at you and he looks at your face. He goes, Oh, I'm so sorry about that scar I accidentally left on your face during sparring practice. Oh, how did you manage to escape last wall? How did you escape the hordes of undead? Lucky, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Guess we're both lucky. Very few survived that. Now the tyrant's free, I tell you. Free! He's gonna kill us. He's coming for us. I know it. I know it! I know it! And with that, he, like, falls back on his back and, like, slips on the ground and kind of passes out. You hear him muttering to himself, and he's like, They're coming. They're coming, I tell you. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, I look for, is there anyone in this bar who's, like, big? Can maybe heft this guy around, get him in a, in a, in a seat, or lay him down in a booth? Sure. One of the... I, uh, yeah. This actually seems to be a semi-regular occurrence. Well, some of the uh, guys come over, some of the farmers, and they just sort of pick them up and prop them up. And uh, one of them looks at you and says, Oh, don't don't worry about Sir Lawrence Carrot, my friend. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he came back here a few months ago in a caravan, and uh, I guess he was really annoying because they just left him behind. <laughs> of course, now he's our problem. But anyhow, yeah, he just comes in here, and he, he drinks his troubles away all day and, and all night now I think about it. You know, he we find him all over the place. He's usually sleeping on the streets or like in a in a barn or, or in the woods or something. <laughs> but he's always going on and on about the poor, terrible, terrible last wall. I, I, I mean, I, poor guy. I mean, he was there when the tyrant b- 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 burst through and, and last wall fell. I meant, I mean, you know, we all feel bad for him. I meant, anyone who survives that, he deserves the drink he can get. Yeah, I, uh, I feel bad for him. I mean, if he's got some some sort of if he drank some beer tonight and didn't pay, I'll cover it. Yeah, yeah, we all kind of do that. He's uh, he seems to be a little destitute, but you know, he he uh, he gave his life and his sanity to defending us in Last Wall, so it's the least we can do. I mean, he is a, a war hero in some sense. Does he live around here? Oh, uh, he just lives. I think he has like a lean-to out uh, in the woods or something. He uh, he he just sort of uh, survives, and we see him on the streets sleeping sometimes, and. You know, he just sort of finds places to rest. Is there, if there's a room in here tonight, I'll pay for it for him. Oh, that's that's awfully nice of you, yeah. Uh, maybe a, a night or two sleeping things off would be good for him. He, poor guy, he, he's, he's been here for months, and this is this is all he ever does. I hope I don't end up like that. Well, uh, he should be okay tonight. Uh, uh, I'll just leave him here. Uh, usually he, he passes out and... Uh, you know, if he starts wandering off, we'll, we'll, we usually take care of him. Don't worry about it. Uh, he, he seems pretty hardy, you know. He was a warrior, after all. Uh, yeah. He uh, leaves you be. And Meanwhile, Celeste is continuing her her strumming. Prue is watching the food. Well, really, it's uh, um, Ocarina playing and singing. The Ocarina playing and singing while uh, Bard, Plonk, is strumming. So-called Bard. 
Prue is getting awfully hungry. She's watching. She's trying to watch to see if anything nefarious is going to happen. But I tell you, the delicious smells coming from that that roast is making it awfully hard for you to concentrate right that now. That smell pretty damn good. I'll just I'll just uh, dower up. Make sure I'm just even grumpier, just to help me shake the delicious smells. And it seems to be working because the various sounds and smells and. So forth, considering this town's pretty small. More people show up, including the members from your caravan. And they all look around and, like, they look at you and sort of give you a thumbs up. Um, seeing the dead massive boar, more than enough for everyone. And then you take a seat in the back. All right. The place seems to be pretty full. And with that, it looks like dinner is being served. And no one's actually being charged for this tonight. Everyone's getting free boar to everybody. If you guys want to take your seat and eat your boar. You could say that the innkeeper is going whole hog. You could say that, but let's not. Whole, now we have a title. Yeah, let's at least, we could save that, but it would make an even better episode title. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we really brought home the bacon. I'm going to wait to sit down until after the food is all served. I want to continue to keep an eye on it. Okay. The townspeople are fans of swine dining. Ugh. Ugh. Well, um, Celeste is going to continue to play uh, while the food is being served, um, just to sort of watch specifically what the servers are doing and if any of them look suspicious, and she's going to use her vantage point in the room as an opportunity. Okay. There's only two servers, and that's Trin and Delma, um, both of whom you know well and obviously been talking. And if anything... Amora looks at Prue and says, If you're going to stand there, you might as well pick up some plates and help out. Start plating this. And she literally starts throwing you plates and food, and you seem to have little or no choice to help out. Hmm. I'll grump about it, but I'll do it. She looks at you and says, You wanted it to be safe, huh? Well, there'd be no safer way to watch you plate the food now, would there? Is there a reason you're copping this attitude with me? You asked us to be here. Oh, I'm just nervous is all. I don't mean anything by it. Good. Hand me that leg of pork. Mmm, cooking ain't your strong suit, I can see. But at least you can eat. She gives you a big old leg of lamb. Sorry, leg of boar. Leg of boar. Ham hock? Ham hock. Mmm, I'm just going to plate the food and just get it out for the servers so they can take it to people. Excellent. You plate the food so you know it's safe. Everyone's getting their food. Turn up drinks all around. And everyone looks at each other. They're kind of pensive because everyone everyone has the food in front of them, but no one's really starting to eat yet. So what are you What are you do? waiting for? Eat. <laughs> okay, do you eat? <laughs> I'll I'll eat. Like I'll stand up like in front of all the tables and just like take a bite out of something. See? It's fine. I'll stand on the table with a big chunk of whatever, and I'll say the exact same thing in the same voice. See? It's fine. And I eat it. Brixley? Celeste? I'll have some. I'm not going to be nearly as theatric about it, though. Brixley, don't eat it. We need someone alive after this. Yeah, Celeste is busy (laughs) playing the music, and she's trying to play like a really calming tone that hopefully people will feel comfortable you guys take big old bites, and it's absolutely delicious. It's beautifully 
scrumptious. Best thing you've eaten in weeks, maybe even months. It's perfectly seasoned. It's got that fresh honey. Just a tiny bit of turnip. Just enough to add a little tang to it. Everyone give me a fortitude. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Her, <laughs> her. Aren't we funny? No, it's a fortitude save against deliciousness. And we'll voluntarily fail. Voluntarily fail. <laughs> I failed my deliciousness. It's so good. It knocks you off your feet. Actually, I'm doing a will save against going back for seconds. <laughs> oh, you fail. Critical fail, no less. And I fail, so I go back for seconds. Critical and fail, back third. Because <laughs> <laughs> you critically failed. Good job. Brixley might have to get a little. He might have to be. Uh, he might have to be lethargic uh, tomorrow. Might have to give you a little bit of a. Uh, what did you have? Uh, sluggish. That was it. Have to give you sluggish one for eating too much. I regret not. I regret nothing. Plus the meat sweats. It's the best part. I, I believe the meat sweats give me an advantage in grapple situations. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, everyone's eating. Everyone's in a good mood. Everyone, the the place suddenly becomes very lively after you all are eating it and seem to be alive. Delma looks over to you and and whispers over to all of you and says, "Thanks so much for helping out. Room and board are on the house tonight. Uh, have as much as you want, and I even have a, a special dessert. Don't worry, this one's from the stockade uh, downstairs. Uh, don't worry, it was nowhere near board, so I know it's safe." Anyhow, with that, you're, you're all kind of strangers. It's just FYI. You were just on this caravan, and now you're all working together, and it's been like a day or two. But other than this, you've never seen or known each other ever before. So, um, Prue, how did you end up on that caravan? Yeah, I saw the Whispering Tyrant, too. Wait, you saw him? You saw the Whispering Tyrant? Yeah, my, uh... Let's call him a, let's call him my father. Arranged for me to be training with the knights in Last Wall. We uh we recruits were given the order to charge into the hordes of undead and we did. But eventually the call to retreat was sounded. I was one of the ones that was lucky enough to make it out. Well, that that sounds terrifying. I know I, myself I was just in a small town in Ustalov. My father had sent me there to well he had sent me there anyway, and that's when everything went, well, upside down, I guess. It was also fast. There were uh, horns blowing and, and folks in the street ringing bells saying that we had to get out. And the last thing I saw as we ran away were skeletons and so many things. I remember that the, the shopkeeper that I had just seen the other day bought a little wreath of flowers from laying dead in the street and then suddenly stood up and started shambling toward me. It was it was horrifying. What's important is that you're here now and you got drink in front of you. Yeah, right. And she takes us up the drink. I was from Usulov too. I was there for a while. We used to try and scam the fat cats and come through where they'd cheat people. We'd try to cheat them back and take what they had to give back to people who needed it. When that happened, when the tyrant came, made everything different in, a, in the worst way possible. They panicked. People were carving their way out of the city when they couldn't fit. These guys had guards and they'd hurt people to get past them. I got one. He died. But then the, the wave came or whatever you call it and he got back up. He almost got me too if it wasn't for my friends. Then we all left. 
And your friends? Well, I don't know. I never saw them. I, I'm the one who made it to a caravan. I don't know what happened to them. I assume the worst. Well, this is a lively feast. What about you, Brixley? Have a more lighthearted story for us? No, just a different form of tragedy, I suppose. Um, I, I did not ever. I have not come into direct contact with the with the tyrant, but I have seen his works. My, my background is that uh, I was actually part of a uh, noble family amongst gnomes. Um, unfortunately. Basically, my family lands and titles were bargained away in a treaty between two larger powers. And so I was kind of set adrift in the world. So I turned to the Church of Caden Colleen and became a champion of justice. So I'm now out in the world trying to find wrongs to right and do good deeds. How does one champion an alcoholic god? You just make sure people's mugs are full. Well, by always paying your bar tab. That's justice. Ah, that's a good one. Well, it seems that Caden Kalian is more about freedom, isn't it? I mean, I know he has sort of a, a bad moniker of the drunken god or, or what have you, the accidental god. But, I mean, it seems more like um, enjoying life for the moment. Isn't that right? That's true. When I say justice, I, I mean more in the sense of, you know, letting people live their lives without somebody stepping on their neck. Not necessarily the law, as it is often defined, but more letting people do what they will. Nothing more noble than that. Well then, uh, Celeste raises a glass to living your best life. Definitely something I will drink to. I'll raise a glass. Oh, look at that. A nice little toast is had by all, and everyone seems to be having a good time. As you uh, are getting to know one another, Targan, the mayor... Seems to uh, be staring at all of you. He's been doing it all night, but he's been staring very closely at one specific person, Celeste. Oh, dip. And after your toast, he wanders over to you and looks at you and says, right to you, Celeste, says, Well, isn't that peculiar? The aging mayor stares at you intensely. I thought something about you looked familiar. I think... You and me, we might be kin. That's right, kin. Oh, wipe that startled look off your face. It's distant kin. But I remember my father telling me tales of a family history, and your family was mentioned at least once. What's, what was your last name again? I I don't remember dropping it. I, but I'm Celeste Carvassalon, and you are Targan Fulst, if I'm not mistaken. That is certainly a different family. I, I don't recall hearing about any Fulsts in the family history. He looks at you and is almost uh, uh, disappointed. He's like, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Yeah, you know what? It's a shame that the family history went up in flames with the rest of the Bolmar estate. Uh, it's a shame. I'm sure there would have been something in there, something to, to link us, or at least to... Something to give you a little bit backstory on uh, where you came from. I'm sure of it. Where I, where I came from? You mean, you mean like my ancestry? Yes, yes. I'm sure of it. I've, I've heard that name before. It's such a unique name. There's no way that I wouldn't have remembered something like that. Well, I must say that mother and father, well, they, they didn't really ever discuss much. Our, well, their parents, and I'm actually quite interested. I. 
I don't, I'm not saying that I think that we're related, but I'm, I am curious. Is there anything I can do to help you discover this history of yours? And, and perhaps it is linked to me, but, but now I am curious. Mm, well, the only thing I can think of is, uh, you know, back on Etron's Hill, uh, that was the Bullmare Estate, you know, the man who actually started this town. You, you might actually be distantly related to him. I mean, I am. That's why I'm here. Yeah. So, so. The house was burned down years ago, but maybe something survived. Uh, I don't know. I'm too old and decrepit to go in there and crawling around in the dirt and muck and, and, and soot. But uh, you're young. You, you, you have friends. Maybe you could discover something. I'd be curious myself. Oh, yes. Related to the founder of the town. How interesting. That would be quaint, wouldn't it? Um, yes, I, I suppose I could ask my companions if, if they're interested. Um, we'll, we'll discuss it uh, later this evening, and I don't, I don't want to put any pressure on them to decide just now. Uh, but if they're not interested, I, I suppose I could always go myself. Well, if, you, uh, if you're kin and you can prove it, kin don't pay. Free room and board for kin and kin's friends, all four of you. But uh, I'm pretty sure of it. So you know what, Celeste? You get through room and board. And if you can prove that you and I are related, it's good to know there's someone else in this world that's related to me. And with that, he kind of coughs a little, a little bit of a food comes off his chin. And you look at him and he's like, that's right. Free room and board for all your friends. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be wonderful to be related to you? Um, can, can I help you with that? Uh and she takes a napkin and, like, wipes some of the food off. Ah, uh, we must be kin. You're already treating me like my daughter does, taking care of me. That's so nice of you. Now that you mention it, you're the spitting image of them, Celeste. <laughs> Free room and board would be nice, but I'm curious to see if it's true. Yeah, I, I have my own curiosities on that. There is a murderer about, so we should probably be on that. But if we have time, we can investigate that old manor. Oh, you gotta, you gotta make time for family. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Make time, indeed. And with that, he's like, he, he suddenly seems to be very uh, taken by you, Celeste. And he wants to sit down and tell you all about the family history. And he starts rambling on and on and on. You're going to learn all about him and his history. He's been here for 50 plus years. And he lived through the Goblin Wars, and his brother was killed during that horrible conflict, and his daughter, and how he's the mayor, and how everyone here is a stinking lazy folk, and about the plague, and he's just going on and on and on. Are you listening to any of this? Um, yes. Yeah. So she is actually genuinely curious about her family history. And the fact that she could be related to this person, she finds far-fetched, honestly. But she's still interested enough that she does want to absorb as much information as she can. So she's listening pretty rapidly. Cool. Also, because the power gamer in me wants one free rank in lore redneck history. I might get one. Well, he continues on. One thing is that this is where it gets tricky. His memory's bad. He keeps calling his daughter Regina. And he keeps uh, he keeps mixing up things. So you'd probably say about 70% of what he says makes sense. And 30% of it's just sort of out there. But you can tell that sometimes he says Regina instead of Delma. That's really curious. You'll have to ask Delma about that. Yeah. He goes on to uh, 
explain how he's not really doesn't really do anything as the mayor but the town never named a new one since there's so few inhabitants as he said he lost most of his family to goblins in the goblin blood war and uh, he always mistrusts any goblins and he's happy there's no goblins in your party because he doesn't trust any of them except for hmm. finnick finnick is uh he's grown to you know, custom to them. And whenever he says the name Goblin, you see him like clutch his uh, jewelry and his valuables, almost like uh, he's worried they're going to steal them. Um, t- tell me, Mr. Folst, um, are there any, um, hmm, how do I put this, non-human ancestors uh, among your genealogy? He thinks about it. He goes, uh, as far as I know, I think we're uh, got humans. Uh, hmm. Oh, hmm. He's like, he's thinking, he's like, might be a, half elf or half orc in there somewhere uh, or, or maybe someone married uh, you know into uh, you know out of uh, human ancestry but no not 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 in my direct family and uh maybe in the distant past i tell you if you found some history i tell you you'd be able to find out all about it i'd be curious myself no mm, special relationships with a celestial being perhaps or asimars or anything of that nature Oh, hoity-toity, aren't you? <laughs> think you think you're royalty or something? <laughs> no, no, only 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 people uh, you know with uh, with uh, royal blood would ever be related to that. So uh, that that can't be you. Well, so so no one with any mm, special magical talents or the like. Hmm. Uh, I've I've heard stories. I've heard I've heard rumors that uh, there were some black sheep of the family. Some. Uh, some mages and clerics and uh, uh, even heard there was a druid in one somewhere, like a distant cousin uh, but uh, she, she went all wild and native and uh, never heard from her again. Oh, right. Well, I am curious to see what those papers prove. He goes on and on. He's just talking your ear off. He's telling you all about uh, oh, endless things. He's It's actually kind of sad. He's talking about a whole bunch of people who used to live here before plague hit and how lively the town was and how it was up and coming. And, uh, but he, he also goes on to tell you that uh, this town, it's cursed, I tell you. It's totally cursed. It's, it's, it's not surprising that it keeps uh, getting hit by, uh, keeps getting hit by uh, uh, problems. You know, first, first it was the fire, uh, then the plague, and now this. I wouldn't be surprised in 20 years if this place was just a, 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 an ancient ruin. It does seem to have had its share of bad luck, don't you think? And she turns to her companions. We're just we're just looking at you. Just gonna let you just gonna let you fester with this old man. Don't you think they've had their share of bad luck? I don't know, Targan. Has the town had much bad luck? Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't you didn't you know it's uh, uh Etrin uh, Bolmer, you know, he, he moved to this area. You know, he, was, he was hoping to found a small community as a stopover for you to overland travel. And, uh, you know, he built on that hill. I told you that, right? Remember, I told you. He, he built on that hill so everyone could see. And Prue's going to wink at Celeste. Far as you can. <laughs> as far as you can. And, and uh, 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 But he was so far away uh, from the nearest source of water that, you know, just five years after founding the town, his, uh, his house burned down, killing him and his... Uh, Entire, entire family. You know, it was originally named Errington. Uh, uh, that was the original name, but after he died, everyone started calling it uh, Etron's Folly, which we used to think that was bad. And now everyone calls us Plague Stone. Uh, next thing you know, they're going to be calling us Murderville uh, after Bort dies. 
I mean, I don't hate the name Murderville. Um, it doesn't really attract a lot of tourists, I'm sure. No think, one likes you think, tourists. You think Plague Stone works? You think people want to go somewhere called Plague Stone? <laughs> I mean, I certainly didn't. I'm going to say it's a, a lateral move to Murderville from Plague Stone. That's probably true. Well, I tell you, I tell you, that witch, that witch didn't uh, cause the plague and kill everyone off. And that fire didn't burn that stuff down. And this guy, the board wasn't murdered. I tell you, if you could at least find out who murdered Bord, maybe... Uh, Maybe Plague Stone ain't so bad after all. We're gonna. Yeah, yeah. Tell ya. Tell ya. Had it up to here with witches and plagues and uh, elixirs and poisons. Uh, uh, and the sick of the magic folk always trying to kill us. And with that, things start getting uh, mighty, uh, mighty boisterous. No fights breaking out. But everyone seems to be having a grand old time. It's like things never, never changed. And then out of nowhere... Sir Kent appeared. But this time, Sir Kent is putting his arm around Prue instead. Uh-oh. Is there uh, something I can help you with? And he looks at you and says, Talmor! Talmor! Yeah. How'd you make it from last wall? We all died. Did you see the undead? The undead, I tell you. They're coming. They're gonna kill us. How'd you make it? How'd Cade, you make it, Cade, my friend? Cade's gonna mouth to her, Don't kill him. He's... Like, he's seen some shit. What the hell's wrong with this guy? He survived last wall. All his friends are dead. Just brush him off somehow without clobbering him. Uh, unless you really feel you have to. No, no. Why don't you, uh... Why don't you have a seat here and tell me all about it? He says, oh, Talmor, Talmor, it's so nice to see you again. And he starts crying. He's actually crying. Tears coming down his face. He's like, he I thought I'd never, me. Very sad. I never, I never thought I'd see my best friend again. It was so horrible. And he's just crying and crying. And he says, oh, oh, I thought about being Crusaders of the Last Wall would, would put an end to the tyrant. But it was horrible, horrible. I tell you, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I, I left that scar on your face. I, I, I'm so sorry I... I left you behind i know i know we were gonna stay together but those undead when i saw them, I saw them. i'm here now everything's gonna be fine we're all here now everyone's fine everyone's safe have some more drink no oh, thank you thank you and he, he says but i tell you tom where we we have to stay vigilant we have to defeat those undead agents they're coming for us i tell you they're coming for us i mean i escaped I escaped and everyone died. They all died. I thought you were dead. I know it. I saw you die. I saw you fall. But here you are. I saw you. I saw you turn. Oh, here you are. I'm so glad you, you lived. I must have been a dream. A terrible, terrible dream. And he starts mum, mum, muddling to himself and, and, and crying. Uh, what should I do with this guy? Just kind of sit and like, walk him to an empty chair somewhere. Come on, come on, fella. Let's uh, let's have a seat over here in the corner. He says, uh, he says, oh, thanks, thanks, Talmor. He says, but I tell you, I tell you, they're there. They're in the farmhouse. It's where it's when I first came to town. They tracked me down there. The undead. They're in the farmhouse. They're gonna they're kill in the us. Farmhouse. All. They're gonna kill us all. I tell you. I tell you, they're gonna kill us. You gotta stop them. You gotta stop hey, uh, them. Sir, hey, sir, sir, uh, sir, Crent. Where did you see me get cut down? 
God, at the last wall, you know, when the surge came, the surge was of it in a farmhouse? No, no, it was back. It was back at last wall. You know that. You know that. But you lived. You made it. You made it. I'm so glad and, you're uh, here. And uh, when did you see these uh, these agents of undead in the farmhouse? Oh, I just know they're there. I can feel them. I can feel them. They're here. They're haunting me at night. I see them in my dreams. That's why I move. That's why I never sleep in the same place twice. So they can't find me. I tell you, it's working. It's working. Which farmhouse are they in? Oh, you know, uh, the ruined farmhouse over there on the west side of town. That's where I went. That's where I stayed until I found out they were hunting me. Now I sleep somewhere different every night so they can't track me down. <laughs> well, I get word from one of my friends that you're sleeping here tonight, so they won't track you here. Oh, you, uh, that's nice. I've never slept here before. How do you feel about coming to find that bed with me? Let's okay. get you put to bed. Oh, that sounds that sounds nice. That sounds nice. But I tell you, you gotta be careful. Make sure you lock the door at night. Them undead, they're gonna kill us. They're gonna kill everyone. Not if we get them first. Don't you worry about that. Oh, that's that's the Talmor I know. <laughs> Come on, let's get you a room. And then he like he just starts like snoring. He's like asleep as you pick him up. You can easily drag him upstairs and throw him into one of the empty rooms. I'll throw him in there gently. He's been through enough already. With that, you hear him loudly snoring. And some of the other members of the bar look at you and give you a little approval and nod. They're actually they're actually smiling at you, uh, Prue. How about that? I use intimidating glare on all of them. <laughs> wow. So much, so much nice. for that. It's like, it's like diplomacy. Good feelings, oh, God. Oh, there goes that diplomacy. <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily. I'm not used to people uh, smiling at me. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm not used to this thing called friends. It's never heard of them before. What are you looking at? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anyhow, with that, it looks like the uh, had a lot going on this evening. So things are wearing. I want to yeah. eye my companions too. Sure. So uh, obviously this guy's seen a lot of stuff, but it sounds like he's seen something at the farmhouse. Or do you think that's just crazy talk? Well, I was thinking it may not be the. You know, maybe it's not undead, but we do have a murderer on the loose. Maybe somebody is using the abandoned farmhouse as their base of operations. So maybe we should check it out. So I'm not crazy. It's at least worth checking out, then, huh? Anything in couldn't hurt. Town, I mean, yeah, well, it could hurt if there's something nasty there, but as I've already been stung by bees, so, but yeah, it's probably worth a look. Even a crazy lead's a lead. Might as well look. Is this the same house that Celeste was being told to go look at? No. Uh, the house that Celeste was told was the mayor's old house. That's in the south of town, and that burned down. It's like a manor, and this is a farmhouse to the west of town. Okay. It's actually near like one of the turnip fields, one of the older turnip fields. Well, we kind of have two leads. Yeah, you also have a few other things. You were going to maybe check out Bort's cabin, if you were, and you were going to still look for Pitnik. Yeah, I forgot about Pitnik. I figured he'd come to uh, this feast. It's kind of suspicious that he didn't. Yeah, it's a little weird. You'd think he'd be here for scraps or something. I mean, the whole town can smell this rose. Who couldn't? Yeah, pretty much the whole town showed up. There's people outside. There's people inside. It looks like this was a nice 
It was a nice little uh, healing moment for everybody. And uh, but Pitnik is nowhere to be found. I'm more wondering if somebody did something to Pitnik. I don't think he'd tip his hand by not showing up. Yeah, if he thought he got away with it, he'd probably try to blend back in and just do his thing. So or just leave town because he knows we're still looking. Yeah, but these people are actually decent to him. I mean, who's decent to a goblin nowadays? That is true. I don't know. I'm I'm concerned for the little fella. Well, it's up to you. Whenever you guys, you guys can keep talking. Whenever you guys feel like it's time, you guys can turn in because it is it is late and you you did. Uh, or you can keep exploring. It is nighttime. It's up to you. You tell me what you want to do. I mean, do we want clothes. to go to a haunted barn at night? We can check Borch's cabin at least for, at night. We have to use a you know like a lantern, but we could do it. Did he have a cabin? Like in in the caravan, like the one of the wagons was all his. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we might as well. The uh, the rest of the caravan's here. All right. Well, let's search that before we turn in. That seems safe enough. Sure. Uh, you know to go to Tamil. She's the half-orc. And she looks at you and says, Looks like you've been doing a mighty fine job of uh, bringing back a little bit of cheer to everybody. Uh, how's, it going with the, how's it going with the murder mystery? Uh, find any leads on Bort's uh, murderer? Yeah, we got a few leads. Chasing a few here and there. We'll check out more of it tomorrow, though. Right now, we're thinking maybe we can just confirm that there's nothing suspicious going on with Bort's carriage and then head in for the night. Hmm. Hmm. She thinks for a second. She says it's not a bad idea to go through his uh, papers and belongings for clues as to why someone might want to have murdered him. All right, I'll tell you, I'm very protective of his memory and reputation. I'll let you into his uh, his wagon, but no ransacking. And if you're going to take anything, you got to show me what you're taking. Understand? You can be in there with us. You can stay there. Okay. Yeah, that's really the best way to do this. Okay. All right. She looks back at the other members and looks at Oof and Ulf and says, Oof, Ulf, one of you come with me. And one of them stands up and sort of accompanies her. You have no idea which one it is. Then uh, you walk over to the wagons, which are, you know... Right outside town, they're like actually pretty close now. They've uh, parked near the feed mill because that's where the horses are. They feel it's probably a little safer to be near uh, civilization than totally in the middle of nowhere. So it's a it's a very short walk. All right, cool. She brings you over to the cabin and she unlocks the door and opens it up. And sure enough, it is like one of those carnival caravans that you see like in the olden days. His wagon is filled with knickknacks and keepsakes from his many journeys. His belongings are truly a bewildering assortment of odds and ends, including a bottle of a tiny skull floating in oil, a taxidermy dragon whelp, a mummified owlbear paw, and a shining crystal that holds illusionary image of a mountain peak inside, and so on and so on. You also see there's a couple of minor magic items in here as well. The Tamil says to you and says, that's all off limits. That's obviously not something you need to worry about. But uh, over here, uh, the ledgers and notes, she points over to his desk and says, this this is probably what uh, you're probably most interested in. It would be good to see if he's received any uh, threatening messages. Yep. And the ledgers are easy to find. They're in a rack above his bed. The books are large and filled to the brim with details about his travels and transactions over the many years. It looks like it's going to take you several hours to uh, go through these books and figure something out. As they're 
in shorthand and not necessarily code, but he used his own methods of reporting things. So this is going to take a while. Okay. So we don't waste all this like lantern oil. Um, Celeste will uh, cast a light spell on the roof of the, the inside of the roof of the cabin, um, which should shed bright light throughout the room. Well, why don't we just take the paperwork back to the hotel or back to the inn? Oh, I didn't. If, if we're allowed to leave with it. Timo looks at you and says, I'd rather you not just because it does have all of his information in there and uh, he might have other dealings. I'd rather not lose some of the articles and papers you can see in there. And as you can see, sure enough, there's like a lot of loose papers. It's very easy for something to fall out. And at least this way, if it falls out, it'll stay within the wagon. Well, settle in and get comfortable. There's a lot here. I mean, if it's too late, we can wait till morning. But I just say we look for things that are out of place or torn. Like, is there a torn page? Things uh, like you can that. Look. Yeah, I mean, you guys got up around noon anyhow. So... Oh, okay. Yeah, you have time. Yeah, you can stay late. up till like, midnight or something. Yeah, I mean, it's not that late. It's, like, you know, maybe 9 o'clock. But if you remember, you were up all... <laughs> you're becoming you're becoming night owls because the other... You stayed up till, till sunrise the other night, and now you're staying up uh, even later. So, uh, yeah, sure, you can... You can uh, do adventuring at night and sleep during the day at this rate. So at this point, it's going to take something like decipher writing, or if you have society or a related lore skill of some sort, if anyone's something to do with merchantry, something like that. I've got none of that. Harold read Laura, but I don't think that would help too much. I do have society. That might help. Does anyone else want to help out? What's decipher writing? I don't know. have to look that one up. I don't think I have anything that would apply. I have underworld lore. Um, is forgery any part of thievery? Or is that still its own skill? Forgery is actually part of... That actually is in here now. Decipher writing is part of society and occultism, of all things. And arcana. But it looks like this one would be societal. So you would need to be trained in society. Create forgery is also society. I have society. Okay. okay, you can do a society check. Can I assist Celeste? You can either assist or do your own. It's up to you. I think assist only gives you a plus one now, though, instead of a plus two. And you two. have to hit a DC 20 to do it. What? Yeah, it's pretty difficult. It would be better to probably at lower levels to do your own check. Okay, I'll do my own check. Yeah, so we'll both look through them. I end up with a 17 for society. Pretty good. Pretty good. We'll see how uh, Cade does before we... Spill the beans, so to speak. 18. Look at that. Good check, both of you. You, uh, together, you spend four hours. Celeste kind of finds interesting information, but it was Cade who truly cracked the case, if you will. You uncover something definitely related. It looks like that Bort has visited Etran's Folly at least 22 times in the past decade. And about five years ago, the merchant started making deliveries labeled reagents to someone referred to only as the letter H. He received a rather large sum of gold in exchange. These deliveries are numbered starting with one and ending with delivery number 14, which occurred on the day the caravan arrived in town. That is the only information you have about any dealings he has here. 
people in the caravan knew, and you knew as well, and when you first got here, if you remember, he was running around taking care of some business and deliveries. And it looks like he delivered something to someone known as H. And it was done the day he died. I'll just go out, out on a limb. Halad, maybe? The, the big bully guy? That's the only H person I think we know. Doesn't really fit his M.O., though. I mean, there may be, there may be others we don't know, but that's a start. I mean, he did also leave the inn. Well, no, that was later on, though. Never mind. Spellcasters don't always wear pointy hats and robes covered in stars. Takes all sorts. Trust me. Or maybe he's a messenger for someone who else. True, he could also just be an agent. Still worth looking into. Or maybe it's after midnight and I'm exhausted. Can we head back anytime soon? Yes, I, I certainly think we should turn in for the evening. Uh, perhaps check out one of these sites tomorrow. The barn or the manor house. Sounds good. Okay. So, just FYI, after going through all the books and deciphering his code, that's pretty much the only thing that you can find that had anything to do with Etran's Folly and anything to do that's fairly recent. He did, of course, had little things like foodstuffs here and there and, you know, tons of deliveries and, and you know, personal items and mail and, and you know, like just even delivering people here and there and livestock, but... This is the only item that was delivered on the day of his death that seemed to be of any interest whatsoever. We don't know specifically what it was. Just a reagent of some kind? Yeah, it just says reagent to H for a fair amount of gold. Well, it's something we can ask around town about tomorrow. Mm, it's about it's like 50 gold pieces. Yeah, that's not an insignificant amount. Oh, uh, yeah, that is actually a fair amount. All right. A few things are going to happen. You went through Bort's books. Good news. You got 30 XP discovering that little trinket of information. Better news. You all have another hero point. You now have two hero points. Ooh. Hooray. Third thing. As you're walking back in the darkness, you see Finnick sneaking through the town. What do you do? Hey, Finnick, hold on. We want to talk to you. He takes off running. What do you do? You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember to extinguish any flaming party members. <laughs>